Welcome to the Lifelong Project Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Phillips. I'm the author of several books on project management, and I'm the instructor for many courses on project management found on Pearson Education, Udemy.com, and Instructing.com. Today's session, I want to talk about a really important part of project management. In fact, I think it's one of the most important parts of project management. And then if you can really master this topic, you're going to become a much better project manager, I guarantee it. So what's the topic? I'm talking about integrated change control. This is part of our project integration management from Chapter 4 of the PMBOK Guide. Recall that project integration management is the only knowledge area that has a process in every process group, but initiating, planning, executing, monitoring, controlling, and closing. Well, we're talking about integrated change control. And so this is part of our monitoring and controlling. Integrated change control is the key to really maintaining the balance of time, cost, and scope. It's really the key of keeping your project moving forward and hitting your key performance indicators. Project integrated change control examines a change to see what its effect has on all areas of your project. So you can imagine if a change comes in for your scope, and we have to look at that change and say, what effect does this change have not only on the scope, but on the rest of the project, the entirety of the project? So let's just say, for example, that we have a construction project and we're building a house. And in this construction project, our customer says, hey, instead of wood floors, I now want tile floors. Well, depending on where you are in the project, how far along you are in the timeline, the magnitude of that change is going to be more serious or less serious. So for early on in the project and we're still drawing or just have poured the foundation or what have you, it's not that big of a deal. If we are weeks away or days away from finishing or we've already put in the wood floors, then obviously that's a much more serious change. So when that change happens, let's go back to that idea that instead of wood floors, we want tile floors. So when that change happens in the project, we have to say, well, what effect does this have on the scope? Obviously it's a scope change. What effect does it have on our schedule? Because there may be some scheduling now that we have to uh, change to accommodate the tile floors instead of wood floors. What effect does it have on cost? Because there's probably a price difference in our costing. What effect does it have on our quality? What effect does it have on our resources, the people that are going to install the tile versus the wood floor? It's two different skill sets. And then what about the resources, the materials? So we have, you know, there, there's the actual tile itself and then the grout and the tools that you use to install that tile. So there's resources that we have to get. And then communication, does that affect our communication with other stakeholders, especially if, like, if we're a general contractor? Now we have to talk to other contracting companies because uh, or other uh, individuals. So communications there. What about permits and talking to the city? I don't know, it may affect that. And then what about communications with the stakeholder on the status? What does that do to the project as a whole? And then we get into risk. So what risk does this change bring about? Does it introduce uh, a risk on the uh, work? that's already been done that we have to undo to accommodate the tile floors now. Like maybe there's uh, a way that we have treated the subfloor for the wood floor. Well, now that's, you know, ruined. And so we have to do it a different way. Uh, what effect does it have on procurement? We have to buy 
new things. So in order to put in the tile floors instead of the wood floors. And then you think, what effect does this have on procurement? Maybe we've already made some agreements to buy the wood floors and now we don't want the wood floors. So what are our contracts there? Or agreements now that we have to have to go through the purchasing of tile. So what seems like a very innocent change can really blow our project up. It can have a lot of effect on our project. So integrated change control needs to follow a routine of as a change enters, it falls into different buckets of origin. And what I mean by buckets of origin is that a change is going to come from generally one of four areas in our project. Scope is the biggie. That's the one that we just talked about. But we can also have a change to our cost. So let's go back to our construction project. Let's say that the wood floors are not going to change. We want wood floors. The customer wants wood floors. Everybody's happy. However, the wood floors we've selected, supply and demand, they have increased in cost now versus what we thought they would be when we started the project. So there's a change in cost. So the scope didn't change. The schedule didn't change. But there's a financial change. Our next bucket is time or schedule. So we have delays, we have delays from vendors or our project team is running late, our estimates were flawed. So our schedule is taking more time. So we have a bucket of schedule changes. And then the last one is procurement or contract changes. So our vendor you know, changes the deal or they uh, have a claim or we have a claim against the vendor or they didn't deliver. So we have procurement changes or we want to do an addendum to a contract. So we have contract changes. So generally changes are gonna come from one of those four buckets, from scope, from schedule, from cost and procurement. Then all changes go through integrated change control. Integrated change control is what we just talked about. What effect does this change have on the project as a whole? Because everything's related in the project. Well, if it's a scope change, these are special. If it's a scope change, we have another component component called configuration management. Configuration management is the documentation and control of changes that affect the features and functions of what we're creating. So scope changes always go through configuration management because you are changing features and functions. All changes will pass through that integrated change control, and then your organization needs to have some rules, some enterprise environmental factors of how that change is managed. Does the change go to a change control board? Does the project manager make the decision? Are all changes approved? If it's, you know, if we're a, uh, doing work for a customer and they're going to pay for it and give us the more time. So what are the qualifications for a change to be approved? So a change control board, a group of people that are usually management or executives that they're going to look at the change and approve it or not. You might also have some go, no-go factors. So you might say any change that's over $10,000 or any change that will take longer than 30 days to implement, automatically say no. Or you might say any change that's below $10,000, the PM can make that decision. Any change above $10,000, it goes to the change control board. So you might have some rules or factors that you have to live with that will help filter changes and determine who's going to decide what in the project. Then the change, once we go through integrated change control, we examine all of the effects of that change and we know the real ramification of the change, then we have that go, no-go decision. 
If we approve the decision or the change control board approves the decision, then we have to update our plan. So let's say it's a scope change. So we would update the scope statement, the work breakdown structure, the activities list, because now we have new work to do to get that change into the project. And then you might update your cost and your schedules. You may have to rebaseline to reflect the change. You aren't rebaselining like you're starting over, but I mean you're rebaselining to show the change has been added to scope. So now we have more time and more cost if that's the case. So that's the big picture there that we update our scope statement, we update the appropriate project management plans, and then we allow that change to. Uh, get into the project. In an agile environment, of course, changes are expected. It's just the opposite, that we have that product backlog. And if you want to make a change, go ahead and prioritize that change because we only have so much time and cost. Those are fixed in an agile environment. So that's something to be aware of. So how does this make you a better project manager? By putting the rules up front, by establishing your change control system or establishing integrated change control up front, then stakeholders know what to expect and your team members know what to expect and people have to follow the rules. And what if they don't follow the rules? Well, then you have issues and you have risk. If people are bypassing like scope creep, they're bypassing you and going to your team, that's scope creep and that's non-value add. So we have to follow the rules. But by creating this system, by creating an approach and mapping out the process and explaining that at the beginning of the project so everyone understands, your project will be more successful. Changes are really the big, big thing that can begin to bog down projects. In a predictive environment, we're generally change averse once we have the scope and the WBS, that you have to really, really go through the, some hard effort in a predictive environment to get a change in. Some organizations even have a consideration fee for a change. So if you're dealing with a vendor and they may say, okay, you can do three change requests that we'll entertain at no cost. But after three, because it takes time to entertain that change, it's $250 or $500 or whatever the fee may be. So it's a way of discouraging uh, changes that we generally become change averse because as changes get into the project, that generally is going to increase our duration and it's going to increase their cost. And you and I both know that the longer a project stays around, generally the more expensive it's going to be and the harder it is for that project to be successful. Shorter projects generally are more successful than longer projects. So by adding changes, we're increasing duration and just by the nature of projects, the longer that project, the more likely that project is not going to be successful or not going to hit its key performance indicators. All right, so that's my talk for today on integrated change control, really important concept for your role as a project manager. Thanks for your time and thanks for listening to my podcast. Keep moving forward. 